Good morning. Welcome to the Mr. Relevant Podcast. It is Monday, October 25th, the morning after the Washington football team's latest defeat, this time 24-10 to the Packers at Lambeau Field. Here to talk about that, it's Matt. Hey, Matt. (laughs) So the funny thing is, I I was trying to think of what you were going to do, and I was like, I can't even think of what what, what anything he could say could possibly mean. And so yet again, you have wrong footed me. Hi, Jamie. How are you? I'm great, man. Uh, I mean, dejected or at least just despondent with with the football team. Uh, I I don't know, man. Where where do you want to begin? I want to begin way past the end where they've already lost and Ron Rivera talks and he seems to say that they really they put up a good fight and the general media narrative and i don't mean that in like the spooky conspiracy theory but i just mean mean that like the people who are forced to be around this team all the time and cover this team uh are like yeah they fought hard it's their best output of the season but it wasn't good enough and yeah i didn't see that i don't get it i where where do you fall on this um i i'm surprised i i did not see that those were rivera's comments uh I, I would not have anticipated deeply that paraphrasing. <laughs> deeply I would, paraphrasing. well no i mean i i just i'm at the point where I'm, I'm no longer consuming content so i don't know like what is being said or written about yesterday's performance i would from what i saw i would not walk away and say man that was our best game <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't either. And I didn't. And yet again, um, you know, as I've said the last few weeks, I now spend the first half of these games watching it uh, sitting outside of a sports bar on the patio. And mm-hmm. the people there were rowdy and angry today, like like to hear them tell it. And, you know, it's 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 obviously it's just fans who've already been drinking for however long. And I get that. I'm not claiming these people have deep searing insight, but just the tone and tenor of the reaction from the fan base that I was around Mm -hmm. was that uh, the defense is poorly coached. The players outside of the front four um, lack fundamental skills. um, The nothing matters and everything is doomed, uh, which was not the vibe I was getting from the, you know, sort of uh, more plugged in people. And it's interesting. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the the defense seemed lively. I don't yeah. know. The front I, four also, seemed good. I should say, like, as usual, I'll, I'll let everyone know, like, which portions of the game I watched. Uh, I, I basically watched up until the Heineke premature Lambo leap. Um, oh, and then slightly after that, I watched to the Gibson fumble. The Gibson fumble, this I think, Gibson followed. Fumble. This week's Gibson fumble, I believe, in the Green Bay red zone. Um, following the premature leap, the premature celebration. Uh, that was about where I watched. At that point, I think it was 21 Green Bay. And the sequence of events where they, it was 7-7, they score a touchdown right before the half, because of course they do, you know, with like 20 seconds left, because they're a good team. And then we come out and Heineke fumbles. And then did t- the Green Bay, they, they scored a touchdown on that, ensuing drive i believe to go up 21 7 i'm i think yes i believe so i actually we're now in the part where i was in the car and was not watching okay this portion, okay so. so so green bay you know was a 7-7 game like five game minutes ago and now it's 21-7 and it's like okay this is what it's supposed to be we were 10 point dogs and yeah okay we're gonna lose but heineke keeps fighting and they drive down the field 
And he could have walked in for a touchdown, but instead he dove, kind of slid, leapt. I'm not sure, but it looked in live in real time. I said, "Oh no!" Like like his knees down. There's no there's no reason for his knee to be down, but his knee is down. He doesn't seem to pay any mind to it and finds the lone Washington football team fan in the crowd and just kind of, I, I, you know, in the moment, again, kind of a sad leap, <laughs> just very like low energy uh, leap into the one Washington football team fan I, who was like, are we doing this? OK, hey, buddy. And then there's like the long ass review and every angle of the replay is like, OK, he's clearly down, clearly like giving himself up for some reason and is down no touchdown my son is like like increasingly agitated by this entire sequence like upset you know like almost teary upset um so they come back out and for some reason they line it up super quick like to catch the green bay defense off sides i mean um you know on, on you know not prepared uh, right and do like a quick qb sneak up the middle which is like completely stuffed and he fumbles and I guess has like a second go at it, whatever. Like, I, I didn't look like a touchdown to me. So also not a touchdown after a lengthy review. My son is now like weeping. <laughs> and and I'm, I kind of get done explaining to him how, you know, this is nothing new. <laughs> and uh, this is a notable one. This is a fun one. I feel like this Heineke moment will go down in like, the, you know, in shame. Uh, like several other moments before it, I, the Farat one and the headbutt one is really the most reminiscent for me. But um, I kind of got him back, you know, along the talk track of like we were 10 point dogs. We're two and four. We were supposed to lose. We're not going anywhere. Just like try to enjoy the game like it's not that big a thing. And he's kind of back with me. Washington's driving. And then Gibson fumbles on like the 10 yard line and he just like starts slant throwing things again and crying. Um so, yeah, I feel like he really got exposed to the Washington football team experience through that sequence of events. Yeah, I really feel like the more you let him watch them instead of the Panthers, who admittedly are having their own struggles, the the more you put yourself at risk of uh, child protective services being called. <laughs> um, uh, at, one point I, my, at one point, my wife goes, why didn't you just switch to the Patriots when he was born? <laughs> <laughs> She's not wrong. I, I don't know your wife, but she seems like a very pragmatic, smart lady. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it was not good. I, it, it's funny though, cause you say, Oh, this, um, this Heineke leap and everything will go down as, as memorable thing. And I saw people saying the same thing. Oh, this is a new low. This is super embarrassing. Like no one cares. No one outside of the 45,000 people, uh, and falling who watch this team care. Like, I don't think it, it's like the butt of national news today. Like it's, it's, it's irrelevant. It's they are by every metric irrelevant. I think here's what I'm thinking. You know how um the guys on the NBC Sports Washington podcast talk about Ashburn syndrome. Um, I'm not the 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 idea that like when they use it, it seems to be the idea that we talk ourselves into things. The closed bubble of the people who cover the Washington football team in Ashburn uh, convince themselves that, you know, uh, Landon Collins is going to make the leap or whatever. And, and that's Ashburn syndrome. But I think that there's a component to Ashburn syndrome where if you truly have Ashburn syndrome, you do not know you have Ashburn syndrome. So like 
even when you think you know it, you are underestimating the level of it. So that's why everybody's like, oh, this is terrible. We look horrible. And oh, this was a, they fought hard. Like, no, none of these things are true. You're, you've all, everybody has lost their minds completely. Uh, they're all stricken with like space madness, Ashburn syndrome. I can see why Rivera would stand in front of the cameras and put on a happy face, like great effort, good game, we're, we're building. But for anybody in, in the, whatever Ashburnistan to like believe that and buy into it <laughs> would would seriously be a, a case of the syndrome um yeah I I, I have no there's nothing positive oh uh, yeah I've not not only do I have nothing positive I don't I don't even like I, I the, it's really doing that thing where it's making me apathetic it's making me just kind of not care um which is really distressing I, I've nothing else like let me hate the team I, I envy your son his misery yeah uh the other thing that happened this week and yesterday that like i mean i didn't truly care but i i kind of you know added it to the list of of grievances is uh cutting dustin hopkins mid-season when he's i don't know whatever i'm not going to debate his performance but my my assessment would be like he was doing fine yep <laughs> and like they cut him mid-season which I don't, I'm sure there's exceptions to this. Good teams don't do that. Like good programs, good franchises don't like just cut a kicker mid season for kind of no good reason and bring in some random ass guy named Blewett. Like a good team just doesn't do that. I, I really like, first of all, I feel bad for the guy that his last name is Blewett as a professional kicker, especially, but really in any walk of life, that's not ideal. Um, but also like, as a team, as snake bit as this one is, with as much bad luck and bad performance as this one has, you're really just asking for trouble when that's the kicker you sign. Like, was there not a guy out there named, like, Nails or something? Like, you could just, you know, something cool? I don't know. Uh, yeah. Chris made it. But yeah, the, first, made it. The, first, the first kick, it's good. I think, was, like, a short field goal attempt Yes, that he... I mean, I, I don't I didn't really like analyze the film on this, but it looked like he hit like a low line drive that got partially blocked for the miss. Yes. Which then bounced and went in, which is not something you see every day. Oh, it went through the uprights on a on a hop. Yeah. Ah. Which is weird because his name is cool. Hopkins. Um, I clearly, I clearly didn't analyze the film. Uh, that That's cool. I think that was also I wish I, I, I wish I had the details. on this. I think it was on a fourth and three. And I was like, why are they kicking it to begin with? Not sure, because then, well, then also later in the game, they're down, they were either down 14 or down 17 in like the fourth quarter or maybe late third, but they were down at least 14 and they had a fourth and three and they kicked the field goal, which I, I, I was just like, what are we, yeah. why are we playing? Can we forfeit yeah. at this point? Well, I, but I felt that way from the jump. Even when it was 7-7, seven, seven, there was no point where I was like, oh, maybe they're going to win this. Let's see what happens. I was like, wow, that was a prayer to uh, Terry McLaurin. And it's a miracle that happened. But like, there was just no point. I don't know. I, I really. <laughs> if I, a player I, suffers a serious injury after you have a, a, attempted a field goal on fourth and three and a 24-7 to seven game in the fourth quarter, if a player suffers a serious injury after that point, I feel like like you should be sued. Yeah, like, I, I, I totally agree. It should be taken to the like uh, this one team has already given up, like clearly given up. There should be no more consequences here. 
I, I hate so. But here's my thing with the kicker cutting. Now, 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 I get to go into my dumb conspiracy oh, corner. Oh, cool. Yeah, I feel if you look at the pattern of events over the last two to three weeks, like uh, Daniel Snyder is quietly becoming more involved again behind the scenes. Um, why? Oof, I, why do I feel that way, or why is he doing that? Because the answer to how the is it, how is it is, possible? How is it possible? I think that like he would be going that like towards control versus away at this point well because he believes that only he can write the ship which is why the ship is currently under you know eight fathoms of water um i i just the the number of things that have come out of there the way the leaks have come out um when when basically what it comes down to is this whenever i see the team start making moves that align with what the most irrational fan in the world would do. I assume that in fact, the most irrational fan in the world who happens to own the team is doing them. And that's what cutting the kicker is there. The best case scenario is that the reason Rivera cut the kicker was because Dan wanted to do something even stupider and cutting the kicker was a way to like give him a little blood and calm him down for a bit. Um, But I have no evidence for this. I have no reporting on this. I could be totally wrong. It's wild ass speculation on my part, but it just has that vibe. It has those, uh, you know, five weeks before the bingo caller um, Mm. vibe to me where, where things just start spiraling and getting worse and worse and worse. Um, And, and the next thing, you know, like, I don't know, Jack Del Rio is the interim head coach and Ron Rivera is like drinking at caddies and doing radio hits. And I I don't even know who who knows, but um, I got a bad feeling about it is what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, we're at the point where, Normally, I would be looking to see, like, which quarterbacks are going to be available in the top half of the first round, maybe the top five to top 10 in the first round, because that's where we'll be drafting and we really need a quarterback. But I haven't done that only because, like, I don't care enough to, like, even think to do it. Like, that's the level of apathy. Well, I'm not even bothering to look at, like, an NFL mock draft. I would care enough, except that. I don't believe it would do them any good because like I, I heard somebody today, it may even have been that same podcast. I don't know. I heard somebody today saying like, Oh, in hindsight, they really should have tried to get up and get Mac Jones. And it's like, why? Like they, he wouldn't have played well for them. It would, he would be bad. If they had Mac Jones, he would be bad. The same way if the Patriots had drafted Justin Fields, he would be playing much better than he is right now for Chicago, because that's how it goes. You need to be on a good team to be good and then you make the good team better uh it's that's uh, also whatever. a weird one it's like mac jones i mean he seems fine and good and all but isn't that kind of like a kirk cousins level guy where if all you have is him you're going to be like a bad to average team versus like know. a justin I, herbert i don't know <laughs> i don't know he seems to be playing kirk cousins level guy well in his first half of his rookie year so i think the idea is that he will then continue to improve um he's certainly better than taylor heineke uh speaking of which it's time to try kyle allen there's no reason to continue the taylor heineke experiment i don't know i mean i don't really care about kyle allen i I don't don't, i don't have any hopes for him and i Rather enjoy the Heineke experience. Oh, see, I'm no longer enjoying the Heineke experience. I'm, I'm officially, like, I, I think he's a solid backup. I don't have any beef with the guy. I'd be perfectly happy for them to keep him on as the backup for 
a decade, whatever. But I, I have no need to see them try to make him into a starter anymore. Uh, it's not going to happen. Stop trying. He to ran for like a hundred yards yesterday, and he had like a another like forty yard touchdown to McLaurin that was like a fifty fifty ball. And uh, the whole Lambo leap thing. Oh, added wrinkle that he like grew up like worshiping Brett Favre, oh, and this God. was his chance to play at Lambeau Field. And then <laughs> that was, and then the the, the premature leap happened. Old, 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 old bloggers will remember that Jerome Bettis is from Detroit, and this was yeah. somehow in one week approaching Jerome Bettis is from Detroit levels of just stop it. Ugh. Well, it's kind yeah. of funny because, like, he's not even from Wisconsin or whatever, right? He just liked Brett no. Favre. As near as I can tell. And also, yeah. Jerome Bettis was, like, at the time, you know, a uh, good player who would go on to become uh, an NFL Hall of Famer, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. And Taylor Heineke, with the best will in the world, is not uh, either of those things. I don't know. I mean, I would not be upset if they went to Kyle Allen. It's not that at all. I don't really care. I just, I'd ra- if I'm going to like actually watch the, the football team, I'd rather watch Heineke because he's exciting. The way I think about Heineke, actually what you just said made me think of something, you know, he ran for a hundred yards or whatever, but he came up just short on the touchdown uh, that mm-hmm. he needed by like an inch. And you know how um, one of the whole precepts of, of DVOA and the football outsiders metrics is that it's weird that the one inch across the goal line is worth like exponentially more than the 80 yards leading up to it. Uh, that, that the idea that certain yards are more valuable than others, that's mm-hmm. Heineke. He, he just, he can run for a hundred yards, but he's not going to get the crucial one. Um, I'm just not there. I'm just, I'm out. I'm just totally checked out, Jamie. It's really sad. Is there anything else about the football team that we should talk about? No, there's there's really not. Was there ever a definitive, like, what the fuck happened with the Sean Taylor number retirement story? Did that ever get written? Did not see one. Um, it kind of went uh, away. Well, the, the, the beauty of this team is that, you know how, like, winning cures everything? It turns out that losing also cures everything because people will just start yelling about how bad the team is instead of how um, badly they screw things up. This is why you need uh, Dave McKenna out there on, like, the guard mm-hmm. towers to, mm-hmm. to constantly remind you of everything that's gone wrong. Where is what's, Dave McKenna? What's, what's, what's Dave McKenna doing now? I, I think he's writing long-form pieces for Defector. Um, Can they dispatch I, him to Ash Bernstein? I I suspect they've tried. I don't, I mean, it's weird to me that Snyder is this beleaguered and McKenna hasn't, you know, popped out of a tree and started shooting verbally, uh, you know, not verbally, but literary, <laughs> literary bullets. Like, it seems like it's time. Um, I just don't know. Who do we um, play next week? I believe it's, it's the Denver. last game before the bye. Okay, at it Denver is. before the oh, bye. Oh, that's another thing that keeps annoying me. People keep being like, and by people I mean, you know, media folks on Twitter are like, "Oh, this Denver game is important. If 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 they if they lose this one and go into the bye, and then Tampa, uh, you know, the season is lost. Like, guys, the season is lost. It's I, I do, beating Denver. Hey, we it, have the same record as last year through six games. It, yeah, and we're second in the NFC East, also. But like. Still very bad, really very bad. Okay, so okay, so Denver's also bad. Guess the line. Do you know this one? Um, is it in? It's in Denver, right? Yep, in Denver, late late afternoon game. Um, 
which is God. nice. I, I, yeah, I prefer is. that, you know, I'm more well, likely good, to be like in my living room at that time. The good news is, yes, I will. I'll be back from my son's class and won't have to miss a portion of the second half. The bad news is it's Halloween. Um, oh yeah, definitely not going to be watching this <laughs> during the second half. Definitely yeah. going to be trick or treating with the kids. Correct. Um, but anyway, uh, line, I don't know, Denver by two and a half. Okay. So I went three, uh, the ones I'm looking at here are three and a half to four. Do we yep. even, do we even know who's quarterbacking Denver is, is Bridgewater healthy? I think it's Teddy two gloves, but maybe he got hurt. I don't, I don't know. I thought he was hurt and then came back. I just didn't know if he got hurt again. I, not that it matters. He, whoever I mean, played. things are bad in Denver. I mean, they, they got the shit beat out of them by Cincinnati this week. I believe. No, it's Cincinnati. Who'd they get beat by? Anyway, things are not great in Denver, yet they're still favored by three and a half against Washington. Okay. Um, any any pop culture topics? Well, hang on. Before we get to yeah, one quick thing. But before we get to that, here's my prediction for next week. Not just oh, loss, okay. but Drew Locke is going to get into the game. And is going to obviously carve up the Washington defense because that's what quarterbacks do. And as a result, Drew Locke will be your starting Washington quarterback next year. Uh, based almost entirely on his performance that has not yet happened against the Washington football team. That's my prediction. I'm, I'm even less interested in the football team now than before you said. <laughs> Thank Somehow. you. But please, I can, uh, I'm pleased. I'm pleased that I can uh, have such an effect on your thinking. Um, uh, your dog, your dog thinks Drew Lock fucking sucks. My dog has a <laughs> lot of a lot of issues. Why don't you tell me something about pop culture, and I'll throw you on mute so we don't have to hear the dog, and then I'll do mine. Okay, yeah. So uh, I'm like 80% of the way through Squid Game. Finally, uh, I've been sort of binging it lately, and really enjoying it. For anybody who hasn't yet. tried it Is yet, it good? at this point, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's good, and I can't wait to like read about it and kind of listen to people talk about it, so I can, you know, kind of get get a little bit of a, a, a you know, richer experience. Um, but I would say like, not only have I enjoyed it, and is it good, uh, but two things that are notable about it to me. One is, it unlike most shows where I'm like, you know, so-called binging, like I can't just like stop at the end of an episode. Like, I will just watch Squid Game. It'll just roll into the next episode for as much time as I have to, like, watch TV at that in that moment versus, like, I don't know. Like, I just watched, like, all of Succession recently. I would just very cleanly, like, watch an episode, put it away, come back, watch. But Squid Game, I, I really think, like, if I had, a, like, one day just open, I would just watch all of Squid Game in that day. Um, Interesting. Very fun in that way. Yeah, very bingeable. In that way. All right. Well, that sounds good to um, me. I need something like that. The, the other thing is that my daughter, who I have not let watch Squid Game, um, which I think is a, a good choice in hindsight, she knows all of it already from TikTok. Like she knows all of the key, like memorable, meme moments, scenes, songs, sayings, characters. Like she knows all of it already just from TikTok. And that is kind of a like a mind blower to me. Well, it's funny because my son, the first day I heard of Squid Game, which was, you know, fairly shortly after it came out, people started talking about it. Um, my son came home that day and was like, Dad, it's the weirdest thing. Like, all of a sudden, everybody 
at school was talking about this show called Squid Game. I was like, that's so weird because all of a sudden I was seeing it, you know, on Twitter. And then he's like, the next day he's like, dad, every YouTube I watched yesterday, the YouTubers were referencing Squid Game. Like what is going on with this? So it really, uh, I didn't have an answer for him. There's no punchline to the story, but it just really seems to have well, totally Well, now there's so, yeah, there's so many things now that I'll see that I'm like, oh, that's what that's from. Like, I didn't realize that like whatever, you know, like the. I, what was the one recently? J, JMU is probably going to the Sun Belt Conference, which is fucking awesome. Love it. But Yay. Conference USA also wanted them. Uh, so there's like a very memorable scene at the end of episode one of Squid Game with an old man and like a, ch- a choice that he has to make. There's two buttons, you know, green or red. So that meme was used by like JMU Twitter to speak to this decision that is before, you know, the, the program. And I would not have gotten that at all like a week ago. And now I'm like, that shit is fire. <laughs> it's we have you gotten, I, I don't remember where you were in your Marvel rewatch, but there's the scene with captain America, which itself has become a meme where he goes, I got that reference because, you know, he's a man out of time and he doesn't get most references, but that's right. like, that's, that's us now as old yeah. people. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Marvel movies in and of themselves are like another whole like pop cultural blind spot for me. Like every rep, like reference to whatever the like Infinity Stone. Yeah. Thanos. Stuff like that. Like, I have no idea. Like, I'd never get that stuff. Have you brushed up on Dune yet? The whole uh, everybody went Dune meme crazy this weekend. Have you? I'm like aware of Dune, but I haven't seen it. You'll be astounded to hear that uh, I am a big nerd about Dune and read the books and watched the old movie. And that, yes, we my whole fam- forced my whole family to sit down Thursday night and watch the new version of Dune. So, yes, I, I like Dune. Um, Should I watch it? My daughter wants to see it. Uh, sure. It's it's yeah. Prep her for the fact that Zendaya it has a much smaller role than the press tour would cause people to believe. Oh, okay. And also yeah. be aware that it's uh, part one of two. Um that which people did not seem to realize but yeah i mean it's it's I, i'd be interested to hear what you think it's worst case it's beautifully shot it's fine there's nothing objectionable in it as far as you know letting your daughter watch it i say go for it i mean we have no connection to to the dune universe like the dune story <laughs> um, yeah the chronicles of dune don't really exist for us but she last week was like I want to see that new movie with Timothy Chalamet. Chalamet's good, <laughs> man. I, and I was no like, idea. cool. What's it rated? PG-13? Okay, maybe. Yeah, and it's it's on HBO Max, so you can mm-hmm. just punch right on in. Uh, yeah, it's it's fine. It's good sci-fi. I liked it. I, I'm very curious to hear if it's comprehensible to somebody who, you know, is unfamiliar with it, because yeah. there's a lot of exposition, and as near as I can tell, I haven't watched all of the uh, Denis Villeneuve movies or whatever the guy's name is, but he seems to be somebody who really likes like a throwaway line that somebody mumbles to be all the exposition he gives um, for something, and if you miss that line, nothing else makes sense. Um, so, Which seemed to be the case in Blade Runner 2049 and seems to be the case here, so I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to hear what you think. Check it out. Let me know. It's pretty. Yeah. I'll give it's gotta, I'll give it a whirl. She'll probably be she'll probably be like, that's great that you want to watch it with me, Dad. But um, yeah, I'm gonna watch it with my friends. Yeah, well, that's fine, and that's fine. I will say, my daughter seemed indifferent to it, and she's usually a big Marvel movie person. But this one, she seemed indifferent to. But she wandered into the room while we were watching and did settle in and 
seem engrossed with the back two thirds of it and then was pissed when she found out it was only part one of two. So, um, are, are you basically saying it like does not, it, does, it basically does not have an ending? It, it basically, at best, you would call it like an Empire Strikes Back level ending. Yeah, that's more or less what I'm saying. Okay. Um, okay. Got it. The uh, and then the the only other sort of quasi pop cultural thing I wanted to mention in passing is: Have you listened to the Ringers Fantasy Football podcast at all? I've I've heard it before, but not regular. For some reason, I like love it. I don't think it gives the greatest fantasy advice in the world. There is nothing concrete I can point to about why I like it. I just think. The three hosts have pretty good rapport. I think they're all pretty funny guys. I think that, like, it's just like, it's what I think you would call, like, just a good hang, you know? It's like, I don't know. It's it's very weird, and it's one of those things that I, I definitely, like, when it pops up in my feed, I'm excited to see it. Uh, and I cannot put my finger on why. I don't know if I'm even recommending it to other people, but it's just very strange uh, how much of a sort of comfort food it has become for me this football season. Really enjoying that. So when, shout at out what to those point guys. in your weekly, like, cadence do you listen to it? Uh... It's, it's, I'm trying to think like pop- when it would be helpful to me as a fantasy player. Oh, I, I would it's, think like Monday, Tuesday. Yeah. So they post, so they post um, Monday morning. There is a um, sort of recap of the week kind of thing. I forget. They've got, you know, a gimmick for each one in that way that all the Bill Simmons products seem to have. Um, and then they've got, you know, sort of a waiver wire one the next day, Tuesday, I think. And then I think they skip until maybe Thursday and do some sort of preview kind of thing. I think, I don't remember exactly, but there's two or three episodes a week. Um, like most Ringer podcasts, most of them seem to show up in the late afternoon, our time. Um, so they tend to be like, while I'm cooking dinner or emptying dishwasher or something, just whenever. But I definitely, as soon as they pop up, uh, it's it's a right away listen. It's It's, I really just... Especially because, like, God knows, I can't imagine listening to like last week's fantasy football podcasts for some reason. That seems, yeah, that seems really sad. So, yeah. I, there know. needs to be some utility. Yeah, but but um, mainly I listen to it because they're funny. They, you know, it's just they seem like friendly guys who mostly like each other and you know are smart about some things. I think they're all named. Football. I think they're all named Danny. Two of the three of them are now named Danny. They let uh, the, their former producer is now an official part of the podcast. So, um, um, the, la- the last thing I want to mention, uh, there's a new war on drugs album out this week. First oh, nice. one in four years. I thought we just yes. got one like two years ago that I was going to try to listen to and didn't listen to. They put out a live record last year. That was like ah. live recordings from the past. Like, go- so in like 2014, they released a masterpiece and in 2017, another masterpiece. I'm anticipating this will be the third in the trilogy of War on Drugs Master Records. Um, very excited. There's only been two songs released so far, which I love. I can't stand when a band releases like half the album ahead of time. And I, I have read profiles on the War on Drugs. I think in GQ, New York Times, and Pitchfork already in the past week. I'm very prepared for this war on drugs record is my point. Um, where is it in the narrative of their albums? Like, what is this like their electronic record, their comeback record, their old man acoustic record? What's, what is this? 
I mean, you're spot on in knowing that like it, there is like an angle to this record and it's, it's touched on in every profile. It's like, now he's a happy dad. Right? Oh, okay. So he's moved to LA. I think his wife or, or partner is Kristen Ritter, the actress. Um, and they have a young son named Bruce, which I know from all three profiles who is named after Bruce Springsteen. And uh, yeah, so this is kind of like his L.A. like domestic. I'm no longer like, you know, suffering from like crippling depression record. Makes sense. Are you fired up for that? You're a dad. I mean, I, the two tracks they've put out, I, I love them. I've probably listened. They're probably like my two most listened to songs over the past month or two. I, I, I love the War on Drugs. It's my favorite, favorite band. They've been my favorite band now, like modern band for like the last six, seven years. Uh, yeah. I, I don't get like this geeked about a new release very often. Um, well, I, maybe this is the one I'll finally check out. I too am a dad and uh, pretend not to be depressive all the time. So maybe I'll enjoy it. Who knows? Yeah. Um, it's weird to me. And music is so strange. Now, Cause I feel like we're on drugs are like kind of a big band but only kind of a big band in like the context of rock music in the year 21. Like most people, I, I would like say, Hey, new war on drugs record out this week. They'd be like, what now? <laughs> There's just no, it's no bands anymore, man. There's not, I would, I forget who it was. Somebody this is probably five years ago now, but somebody was said something to the effect of like, Oh, there's no bands anymore. Uh, the last huge band was tame Impala. And I'm like, was Tame Impala that big? Like I really like, so that's when I realized I had no idea was when yeah, somebody like they was were saying, kind of big, but not like a ubiquitous, like everybody is familiar with them band. Like that just yeah. doesn't exist. But, but, but by the way, I listened to a great podcast episode. Uh, there's a podcast called Bandsplain. Okay. And each episode is like just about a specific band from the past and has like some expert or some person who's like really tied to the band, like just walking you through their arc. I really enjoyed it. Like there was a Dire Straits one, which was awesome because I just didn't know Dire Straits that well. There was a Steely Dan one, etc. The Guns N' Roses one starring um, Ricky Rackman mm-hmm. is fantastic. He was like there with the band in L.A. in the mid to late 80s, like as they were like blowing up and just becoming Guns N' Roses. <laughs> it was a really enjoyable listen. I always like uh, those stories about mid to late 80s Sunset Strip. It just sounds like a horrible place to be, but a great place to hear stories about. Yeah. And he owned like a rock club called the Cat House that was like GNR was like uh, the house band or whatever, you know, and when they when like I had never heard of them, you know, they weren't dominating MTV yet. So that was a that was a good one. That sounds good to me. I will check that out. I feel like music podcasts I struggle with because I listen to all my podcasts at 1.75 times and on music podcasts, it makes the snippets of the music sound really weird. And especially 1.75. Like, yeah. It's insanity. But it's the only way I can, uh, I can do it. I can't so, devote one-to-one time to these things. God, so I recently made us. the leap. I would say like a month or two ago, I made the leap to 1.2. I was listening to just one, just regular speed. I was always a little snobby about it. I was like, just, just one is good for me. And then I, I went to, to one point. On vinyl. Yeah. <laughs> I just went to 1.2 and now I can't even tell if I'm listening to it at 1.2 because it just sounds normal. 
I think I've said this before, but so not only do I do 1.75, but Overcast has this feature that um, clips out any extended pauses or silences. So Holy it makes shit. It makes everybody sound like they're like, which it may affect the fantasy football thing. Like those guys sound smart, funny, and snappy and back and forth. It may be that if you listen to it at 1.0 with no silent snipping, like, I don't know, there may be like long pauses and just tedious uh, anything. But but at the, with those settings on, everything sounds like, you know, it's written by Aaron Sorkin. It's great. Dude, your brain is freaking wired. <laughs> <laughs> I, drink, I drink a lot of coffee, buddy. All right, I'm going to go. Enjoy your week. See you. Yeah, you too. Bye.